This last week, I've had the exciting experience of continuing to work with a mortgage broker trying to refinance my apartment in White Plains. They're pretty good folks. And when I first went to them and said, listen, I'm looking to refinance. I've been trying to sell my apartment. It hasn't sold. So I've been giving some thought to refinancing. I said, are you interested? And they said, of course. And I said, you know, look, every, every loan has a story. And this one has one, too. And I went on to explain how I had changed careers, and I had done several things and moved to different places. There's been a lot of changes, but along the way, I've always paid my bills. I've, I've never been in arrears. When I needed uh, money, I'd borrow it, and I'd pay it back. I said, this, is, this has all been part of moving forward in the career, the careers that I've chosen or think I've been chosen for. And I'm in that time, once again, where I'm making a transition. I said, great, great, you know, we're, we're here to help you, and it's great what you're doing with your life, and, and we support that, and we understand that mortgages and the work we do can be very helpful to people when they need some finances or their conditions change, or whatever it might be, whatever the conditions are. And we've had a great process in doing this. But along the way, as we've gotten closer and closer to actually getting that check, to making the deal, those little boxes that you got to check off, that, this story, the narrative sort of fades into the background. Your life story goes into the background and, well, you know, what about this? And, well, we've got to get this ratio to debt index and this earnings index. Well, we know that you're somewhat retired and working independently. And, but this and that, and all of a sudden, the conditions and the conditions just kept mounting and mounting and mounting. And at one point, it became, well, you know, you really need to do this because you've been in debt and you've done these things and you've done that. And all of a sudden, any integrity for my life or my life's work or my track record was gone. I mean, maybe it was there a little bit because we were still talking to one another. But now it was just down to the hard facts. Let's, you got to check this off. If you don't have that, geez, you know, we know you've done great things in the past, but the industry has changed and all of that stuff. And I get it. I spent enough time in business and marketing to understand that. But I felt disappointed that the way that we live our lives and the commitments we make don't always translate into the conditions required to the degree that I think they should in the final analysis. Okay. This morning while I was meditating, doing my reflection, I, I started to think because that's been on my mind and it creeps in. You know, I start to meditate and I get maybe 30 seconds before something comes barreling through that as just the brain is processing. And I started to think about a conversation that I had last week with a pastor here in the Rochester area, a member of the Presbytery of Genesee Valley. I had actually attended worship at her church. And in her sermon, it was a wonderful sermon, in her sermon, she said, you know, I get up each morning and I say, good morning, God. And God says, good morning, darling. And I thought, oh, how sweet is that? I've never heard God say, good morning, darling. I would love to have God say, good morning, darling. And this was, this was absolutely true. You knew listening to her that this was absolutely real. And she talked about how this personal relationship with God and Jesus in her life 
was a central part of her life and with her at all times. In her consciousness, I thought, wow. I mean, I just thought, wow. And the other night, I'm, I'm sitting and I'm doing some work on the couch and I've got the TV on in the background and not really paying much attention. Surfing around, hit one of the evangelists on a, uh, one of the channels. And there was something about what the guy was saying that caught my attention. And he was talking to a large group of people and he said, you know, it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been or who you are. None of those things matter. There's no conditions to God's love. There's nothing that you can do to remove God's love from you. Doesn't matter where you've been, all the things you've done in your life, at no point, no time in any of that, no matter how you think or feel about it, has that ever affected God's love for you. And I thought, wow. And he went on to say how he knows God loves him and he has this rambunctious, wildly loving relationship with God. And I thought, oh my gosh, I must be doing something wrong. Actually, it did make me think. It made me think about what does that mean? It took me a long time. I grew up being told God loves you. And then all of a sudden, as who I was started to become more apparent and I more open about it, a lot of what I got was, well, God loves you. It's just your sin that God hates. God loves you, honey. It's just that sin of yours. And I, I, that meant that there was this condition to God's love. If I wanted God to love me, I, geez, I had to get rid of this sin. And if I had to get rid of this sin, well, then who the heck would I be? Because I'm gay and I never think of it as being sin anymore. And, but I thought of it maybe as it was for a long time as I tried to work all of that out. It's a long story. The point was that God's love for me was not taught to me growing up to be unconditional in a way that as an adult, it has that sense that when I think of God loving me, I hear God saying, good morning, darling. I've had to work at that. And today I know that God loves me. And so now I can say from that place, and God loves you, honey without anything else attached to it. That wasn't something that came easy. And I'm not even really sure what it means. It certainly doesn't mean that everything is easy and wonderful and delightful and marvelous because sometimes things are not easy. They're not wonderful. They're far from delightful. And the only thing that I marvel about them is how difficult they are. But what I do know that it means is that I have a relationship with God. I love God. And I know God loves me no matter what. I got a lot of stuff to work on. And whether I get all of that stuff done or not, God is still going to love me no matter what. And then that means that I can say to you, or to anyone who asks, and God loves you too. And I know this. And it changes my life and I know it changes your life, and I want to hear about how that happens. And what I really want to hear about is how you get through the day when you don't think you're going to get through that day because you know God loves you. 
how you're going to deal with that situation that you never think you're going to be able to deal with because you know that at the end of it, whether it goes your way or it doesn't go your way, God loves you and you're fine. And that's enough. And I'm still working on that. Because there's days that's a little harder than other days to get a hold of. But that's the faith. And that's, that's what makes the difference for me. So, as I think about this week, and, well, the financing is going to come through or not, the weather in Rochester is going to get above zero or not. And those gray hairs are, well, I know what's going to happen with those. There's going to be more of them. But whatever it is, I know God loves me. And I know that God's love for me is my right, my person right, my creation right, my, my God universe expansive love of God right. Because God gives that to all of us. When God breathes life into us, into our spirit that has always been God's spirit in us. It just takes a while sometimes to get through my thick thinking and all of the noise to just know. God does call me darling in the morning and at all other times of my life. And maybe it should take a while to get to understand that because it truly is a stunning, amazing thing to know, isn't it?